from the creators of Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, April 17th, 2015, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Stamps.com. Eddie, one of the best recommendations I can make uh, to a small businessman or a woman like yourself is... Am I? Well, you're an independent contractor. I don't know. I would, I would, I would call you a small businesswoman. You office <laughs> at your home. I do. And therefore, you have to buy business supplies, office and, supplies. And I have come to you dozens of times. And, and one thing I can recommend, the help. best thing I can recommend is use stamps.com. Uh, it makes mailing and shipping so convenient and saves you time and money. You can buy and print official U.S. postage right from your computer. Eddie, once you try it, you won't go back Great to making time-consuming trips to the post office. And to get you started, stamps.com is a special offer for relevant podcast listeners. You can just, uh, use promo code RELEVANT at stamps.com to get a no-risk trial. There's nothing to lose. Plus a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale that calculates exact postage for letters and packages, and up to $55 of free postage. When you go over to stamps.com, up, in the, uh, up at the top, click on the microphone. Before you do anything else, type in RELEVANT to get the special offer. That's stamps.com. Type in RELEVANT. Well, like I said, I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studio... Eddie Big Cat Coffolds. What's up, man? It's good to see you. The interim producer, Mr. John David Snavely. Greetings. On the on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. It's really John David Harris, by the way. And uh, what's this? And yeah. on the Skype line from Sydney, Australia, Adam Smith. Hey, cool one, Adam. So Fonzie is on. It's yeah, really, that's what I was going. It's for. really dark where you for. are. Do they have sun in Australia, or what is up? What? Not not at. Uh, Six o'clock in the morning now. Oh, I see. Time change. Yeah. I, get it. I figured here, listen, listeners to last week's show know that this is our first show flying solo. So great. Without our longtime producer, Chad Michael Snavely, behind the ones and twos. It feels nice not to have him here, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just, oh, we're back to normal. Our, our long national nightmare is over. <laughs> so, so I figured, right. what better way to commemorate it than to erase the five and a half years he, he led us and go back to 2007 and get Adam and Jesse back together. <laughs> and and also have me here. Oh, yeah, and Eddie can sit in. Which, actually, I probably oh, wait, wait, why is here. Eddie here? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think I think what people don't realize is the the constant like uh, pallor of fear that hung over the studio <laughs> when Chad was behind that board. That's true. Yeah, I gotta. He I, could bleep you at any moment. Yeah, yeah, and he would routinely stop the show and just scream at us. Yeah, just screaming T- tirades. Know. We call him tirade in the office. Yeah. Tirade Snavely. <laughs> There's tirade Snavely. Tirade. I've more than once been reduced to tears by him. Yeah, he's a <laughs> difficult man to love. He's called me in, mil- in the middle of the night. Like days after a podcast, and just screamed at me. He one time showed up on my doorstep here in Australia, and without even without a word of introduction, beat me with a chain. Yeah, you guys have seen Whiplash. It's, yeah, it's based on him. Yeah. I'm just sitting here. He's like, "Do the intro again." The original. Do it again. The, the, the working yeah, title not, was "Tyrant." Just clap two, three, four, and then that's it. He just yells and screams. The first time, the first time that I met him. He was wearing white gloves, and he dramatically 
took one off finger by finger and slapped me across the face with it. <laughs> yeah. He said, nice to meet your acquaintance. Yeah, the first, the first slice I ever did, he just got right in my ear and was over and over. Were you rushing or were you dragging? Yeah, that's it. That's it. You know the difference, don't you? Rushing or dragging. Let me help you. Ah! <laughs> so I, I don't and know. then There's he no threw reference. a computer monitor at Adam's head. It was yeah. it was awful. Yeah. This is actually whew, feels good. <sighs> feels really nice. All right, John David Snavely, you are now about three minutes into your first uh, interim podcast. How you feeling? I'm happy I haven't broken anything yet. Have you been pushing the buttons? Correctly? I've been pushing all the buttons that I'm allowed to push. Yeah, I've been watching the program monitor. It's got back like right now. It's on me, and he's doing a good job. And yeah. pretty soon, I'm going to die down, and he'll go back to you. All right, one. good there job, well done. good job, Mr. <laughs> John David Snavely. Yeah, of course, none of this is recorded thus far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's. A <laughs> I feel good about it because th- at this point in my first podcast with Chad, he had actually shot me in the ear with a paintball gun. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> You know what? The whole thing about it not being recorded, that we have had that happen. I've, I've wondered. I mean, that is just like the easiest mistake to make. Well, it wasn't the podcast. It wasn't the podcast. We, uh, every March, every March issue, we have a new music guide in the magazine. Yeah. And two years ago, uh, Tyler Huckabee, managing huh. editor, wanted to uh, change up the model a little bit. He said, what if we did like a round table? And I got like some, some artists, I got some producers, some music journalists all on a conference call and we could record it and we could talk about kind of trends in music and artists that we're excited about, whatever. Neat. We're like, we love it. And we can run kind of the conversation. Love it. And actually, if you've read the last two March issues, that's been the format that we've been using. Good idea, Tyler. So big thing. But to coordinate all the schedules with all these people, they had to record at seven o'clock at night. So Chad works with Tyler and sets up the whole studio. Oh, Everything's working. All the Skype lines. Oh, he did dry runs. It's all working. Here we go. And then Chad and everybody else went home. And Tyler, at 7 o'clock, got all these famous people on the line. And for an hour and a half, they did this together. And then as they ended, Tyler realized he never hit the record button. <gasps> The whole thing was a waste. Oh, my God. It was, was he... as if... Did you guys see the, the promo video for Tidal? No. No. Like the, like the Jay-Z music service? No. This, this reference is going to make no sense then. No. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We can, we can... I thought this was like a common cultural thing. No, we he can had, fake like... laugh. Go ahead and do I mean, it. I know we'll about Tidal, but I don't know... I didn't see this video you're talking Go about. Go ahead, do it. I'll fake laugh at the he... end. <laughs> he had like Madonna and like... Kanye and Beyonce and like Arcade Fire all come out on the stage and Jack White all dramatic and, and sign this thing. I was gonna say if it was it was as if like that they forgot to stream that. But having not seen the video, <laughs> it's gonna fall flat. Let's move on. Nailed it, Jesse. Nailed it. Perfect. You guys should see the title video. <laughs> I really should. With with Tyler having you know made this kind of rookie mistake, we don't know what it was that Chad said to him the next day. <laughs> Right. But he didn't talk again for 14 months. Right. You know and his weird? pants were constantly wet. Yeah. He had lost like 25 pounds. He was just gaunt and emaciated and you know, fearful for, shadows under and his And shortly eyes. thereafter, he moved to Nashville. So he's out of here. Yeah. And he said and, that I asked him, and he said for the rest of his life, he will walk with that pronounced limp. <laughs> this is who Actually, I am now. You know, I asked. Uh, Chad, what he was doing in Nashville, and he said he was going up there to continue berating Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> the, the mistake was so egregious. He's got to finish that it what he started. To move across the country. Right. Got it. 
I will uproot my family yeah. to finish what I started. Yeah, so Tyler had to go back and get all those famous, important people back oh. together again. Several of them couldn't do it, oh. uh, but they then did a that's round just, two. And, that's uh, just one of those things where, as his boss, you kind of just... Are like oh yeah no I didn't you, say a word yeah, to you him. know he's already just destroying oh, himself he was he absolutely I just said like well we need something on those and he was like I'm on it don't worry and I was like okay you know but yeah. I, I felt yeah, so bad yeah, for yeah. him yeah, I think we've all had interviews where that's happened where you know something has gone technically awry mm. I uh, I interviewed Tony Hale three times because <laughs> no. of that very issue oh, no way now he's a sweet man so I bet he was totally okay with it he but, was he was fantastic but about how, it he I was get such three a good times. guy I get number one but what how did number two happen I honestly don't remember but I do remember that it got to the point that he would because he called the office several times just to set things up and it got to the point that my phone would ring and he would just introduce himself by first name and assume that I knew who it was. Well, just like, Hey Adam, it's Tony. I had what? that. I had that happen in 08. Wow. I was uh, interviewing at like 10 minutes with a candidate, uh, future president Obama. And uh, he, we talked for 10 minutes and we were recording in the studio, but they were like, you know, campaigning. And so they were in the car in like Iowa and the cell kept dropping. So I'm on his, he's on the cell phone. I'm talking to him and then boom, he'd drop out. He'd call me back, and then, I mean, it happened like four or five times. So by the end, he's just like, hey. You know, I mean, like, I'm talking to Obama, he's just like, yeah. sup, sorry about that, man, you know, whatever. Okay. Was that we just, weird talking to him? No. Well, at the time, at the time, he wasn't president. And by then, I mean, I'm, I just see caller ID, it's Barry. All right. <laughs> Barry, shut your mouth. <laughs> I picture Adam's second time with Tony Hale, where he's like, he's got the recorder, and he's like, okay, last time I didn't hit record. I'm going to be double, I'm going to be extra sure this time, I'm going to. Double click it. (laughs) (laughs) That could not have failed. I hit it twice. What could possibly go wrong? Go ahead, Tony. You're up. I think the second time, instead of a a tape, I put a graham cracker into the recorder for some reason. (laughs) Guys, imagine if Jay-Z had done that with a title video release. Oh, such a great cultural (laughs) reference. Yeah, what a great reference. Everyone kind of. One of those shared cultural things that uh, everyone knows. Jesse, that is that is why you are the darling of America right there. That is just a great joke, buddy. <laughs> I'm not going to dub it down, guys. <laughs> uh, we have a great show in store for you today. Uh, Tyler Reagan is coming up later. Who's Tyler Reagan? He's the head of, of uh, a leadership conference called Catalyst, and he's the new guy in charge over there. Cool. And Tyler interviewed him uh, recently. Four times, actually. Four, yeah. Four. <laughs> And after that, we talked to Sandra McCracken, uh, an artist. She has a new album out. I just listened to it. What'd you think? It's great. It's wonderful. It's really good. She's very talented. She recorded it in... uh, Is it on the drop? Brooklyn. It is on the drop. Oh, that's where I heard it. Yeah. Such such a good website. Really, you should go. <laughs> it's pretty really, good. Really wonderful. You yeah. can, never heard of it. <laughs> we should do. We should do. A inter, we should do a video with like a lot of celebrities and record it and put it on the internet. People love. Everyone watches those. Yeah, yeah. they're the best. <laughs> now a little behind no the scenes. No one misses them. <laughs> a little behind the scenes. <laughs> I'm here. I'm, I'm going to let the listeners in. They're they're probably wondering how we're doing. You know, they're probably a little nervous. Like I don't the, think anybody the cares how gonna, I'm doing. No, not not how we're doing emotionally and personally. I'm yeah, talking about uh, like how we as a show are. Are going to be doing without Chad or in the interim until the new person comes in. Because emotionally, I'm they're, a probably, they're probably a little nervous. Oh yeah. yeah. So I'll I'll let y'all know if if today's show's a little off, it's not because Chad's not here. It's no. because we're doing it completely wrong. It's because JD is here. Because <laughs> right <Sorry>. now, <laughs> sorry, new guy. <laughs> right now, when we would normally be recording, uh, you're out of town. 
Yeah. Oh no, and, I'm gone. And I'm in I'm in Italy. Yeah, yeah. Right right now. Yeah. I'm not, but I mean I'm I will also be. somewhere cool like that. I'm, it's, in, it's I'm, Washington. I'm at the center of the sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we are recording next week's show before last week's show even is out. Yeah. The the amount of mental like exercise I'm having to do to like okay, don't remember talk about what this week we're in. Thing. Yeah. Don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. We're also recording well, at the end of a Friday. Yeah, I I've just been traveling for 24 hours. Just drove in. I'm yeah. exhausted. Yeah, and we're just, here. We go. Here we're you're making here. our funny now. And uh, and 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 for for Adam, it is actually early Saturday morning. Well, the good thing is that with the time change, it actually is the normal schedule for me. So it actually, I'm. You guys are recording it a week early. I'm recording it right on time. <laughs> so have you already heard the podcast? Yeah, how, does, how, did this yeah. out? how does time work? It does not go well. <laughs> Adam, let me ask you this. How did the title joke land? <laughs> so good. About Jay-Z, that, the that video was, thing, did that, it land well? Yeah. That, I think, was the one joke that just really killed. Oh, I oh. got to say, you are in a very relaxed posture. You're just I, kind I'm, of leaning. I'm lounging. On I'm lounging. I'm, look, I'm not afraid to share. You are. Really you are just gently. You, you're laying like a Renaissance woman getting painted. Yeah. <laughs> there actually is DiCaprio is actually off camera where you can't see him painting me like one of his French girls. <laughs> so, so I have a question, Adam. It's early morning on Saturday there in Australia. They're down under. What does one do on the weekend? In Australia, do you have big plans, Vegemite? Uh, well, if if you're me, you uh, you watch the Simpsons marathon that's been playing for the last week. That's just now happening over there. That that happened here like six months ago. I know. <laughs> but is it FXX? Is it the same channel? Uh, no, it's it's the equivalent. It's what the is Australian it called? Equivalent. What's it What's it called there? Fox Eight. Ooh, Fox Eight, the Ocho. Ocho. <laughs> you guys got two X's. We got eight. Well, what's hey Adam? What's Fox? What's on Fox One through Seven right now? <laughs> um, a Laverne and Shirley a, marathon. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a marathon of uh, a marathon right. of Herman's head. Oh, <laughs> it's all well Crocodile done. Dundee films on a loop. Herman's head. <laughs> nice Dundee job. Show. And, and that uh, that animal guy. Yes, I'm trying died. to come up with his name. Steve, Steve Irwin. Irwin. Steve yeah, Irwin. not Bindi. Bindi's sure. the daughter. You met Bindi? Yeah, everyone knows everyone here, so of course. Yeah, cool. And you met Hugh Jackman, yes? Yeah, well. And the lady from Greece? <laughs> Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. yeah. She's here right now. She's the queen. She is she's the queen. queen. She's drawing her. Adam right now. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been on a Qantas airline flight that uh, John uh, Travolta actually piloted? Because you know that he is a pilot for them. He is. He is indeed is it, a pilot. Is it pronounced Thanks. Qantas? Well, it depends. Because I see the spelling. It's it Q-A-N-T-A-S. And I always, and I'm hesitant to say it out loud because it looks like Qantas. <laughs> no, it is It is Qantas. And they actually, they put out a uh, an April Fool's press release this year talking about how they're finally going to spell their name correctly. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, the internet. Oh, those Australians. Adam, Such let me ask you this. Humor. How many Saturday, how often on a Saturday morning do you wake up, get in the lounge position and just have a lid, Olivia Newton-John draw you? Is that like... <laughs> Like every other week, draw me Olivia. Um, it you know it used to be every week, but honestly, our schedules have been crazy. Yeah, she's been so. Scoring. It's just it's just been tough to coordinate. <laughs> what would you say is the biggest cult? I don't. Who cares? We're not going to talk about Australia, right? <laughs> Can't we do something else now? <laughs> but um, so, what will you do today? We go Sydney Opera House. I, I'm, 
in in all in all honesty, I uh, I take the train to work and I take the train over the Harbor Bridge every day, and so I do get a, a really beautiful view of the Opera House every single day. Oh, that's really amazing. Uh, and oh. I actually I've run there before from my house. It's a uh, about uh, probably seven or eight miles. Wow! Wow! But when you say run or or take a train from your house, you you mean ride or ride in the pouch of a kangaroo, don't you? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought that was just assumed. That's kind of the <laughs> the cultural vernacular we use here. Is public transportation in Sydney actually just kangaroos? Good question. <laughs> well, occasionally. You know, you're forced to take a wallaby instead. Okay. <laughs> so, so kangaroos there are primarily used, if my understanding is correct, which I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. It's for public transportation and boxing matches against humans, right? <laughs> that, I don't understand what other uses they would possibly have. Jesse, on a were, you, level. were you at the magic game with me? Yeah. Where at the halftime awkward. entertainment was. Are the stuff the magic mascot literally in a boxing match with boxing gloves with a live kangaroo? And the crowd was incredulous. You can't hit an animal, Jesse. I, that, that was the crowd's reaction, wasn't it? Yeah, everybody's just like, "What?" Seriously? Well, well I'll, I'll be honest. At, at the time when I, I love halftime shows, they're my second favorite part about basketball games, other than basketball. I think those are the only two aspects of a basketball game. Basketball and then the entertainment that happens when basketball no. is not happening. No, no. You, you, you're forgetting driving to the stadium and parking. Yes. <laughs> Dude, no, I got to say, going to Magic Games uh, with you, it's, basketball is number three. <laughs> yeah, number, <laughs> number one is free snacks. That's true. That's, the free food is kind of nice. Number two, halftime. Number three, basketball. And Magic this year. <laughs> no, but halftime, uh, halftime, we're back getting free snacks. Right, which is why it's number two. Uh, it's to me, for- number one would be Cameron's uh, Cameron's commentary and coaching tips. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, the players have been pretty responsive. The, the, this this past week, we had responsive. another encounter. I, I might have um, I doled out a life lesson to a nine year old boy uh, at the last game. <laughs> really? The magic, so hold on. The Magic uh, were playing the Bulls. Do you have the uh, the beeper ready? Do you have like the in case yeah, he curses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the Magic were playing the Bulls. It's not that big of a deal, except for the fact that Jeff was with me, and I come into work the next day, and everybody's saying, "So I heard you." Um, so apparently, this is notable because Jeff told everybody. So I didn't think anything of it. The Magic were down fifteen to the Bulls. Of course they are. So, we're kind of chipping away. We're coming our way back, and then in the fourth quarter, right. early in the fourth quarter, we go up by one. Yeah, it's happening. And uh, so the so they come back down to our side of the court, and I yell to the Bulls, "Y'all are losing to the Magic!" Like, yeah. ha-ha! right? It's a great. Comment. It's embarrassing. It is indeed. You know? And uh, it's a little it's a little hurtful towards your own team. Yeah, exactly. But it's self deprecating. It's, it's what one might call a left handed compliment. Exactly. So <laughs> we, but, but, like, Cameron, but part of your goal too is <laughs> motivate them through insults. Exactly. Exactly. That's part of my lifelong strategy. So we're surrounded by Bulls fans. A bunch yeah. of Bulls fans are. And uh, so the Bulls have the ball. They're down by one now. I yell my comment, and uh, there's a family sitting in front of us. They're all from Illinois. And, uh, you know, then the Bulls hit the shot. Right. You know, I'm standing up from having just yelled. I'm still standing. And the nine-year-old boy in his old Bulls jersey jumps up, turns around towards me, and yells, Ha-ha, now you're losing to the Bulls. And I just look at him, and I go, I go, hey. You yell at the game, not at people. Yeah. And then I did my finger to tell them, like, spin around. You know, like, turn it around, kid. Yeah. Basketball players aren't people. That's the important thing to <laughs> That's remember. That's what I'm trying to they're, teach him. Yeah. They're, they're automatons right. for our enjoyment. Right. Who 
have no neither emotion nor personal agency. And when you're at a game, you yell, you yell at players, not people. Perfect. There are two people at basketball. There, there are two people, or or I don't even want to use the word people. There are, are two conscious entities entities at games that I don't think are deserving of compassion right. and are there for nothing but our entertainment. Right. That is a basketball player and, and the a kangaroo with boxing gloves. Bingo. <laughs> I thought you were going to say referee, but you're right. The kangaroo is absolutely there to be beaten. Jesse, you know, this, just to wrap that. This conversation to me kind of shows the subtle ways in which we've all been damaged by Chad. <laughs> I know. It's like before this, we like were friends with basketball players. And we, we were cared. compassionate and people. I like. Hey, before Chad, I liked children. Yeah, we adopted a kangaroo. We had us. We had a kangaroo that we did like. We would spend money every month, and it lived in Australia, and it would like we'd get little updates on its life and all that through is through <laughs> compassion. Now and that kangaroo does cage matches at the shipyard, and we don't even care because of what Chad has done. <laughs> we gamble on on the fights of a kangaroo now because of Chad. But, <laughs> but last last I heard, he was beating a nine year old. <laughs> Yeah, just wailing. <laughs> but Jesse, Jesse, to wrap the uh, kangaroo thing, you were there. Yeah. Uh, describe it, what you saw. Well, like I said, I'm usually, I, when it's like Frisbee dogs or like, remember Quick Change? Oh, yeah, Quick Classic. Change. Quick Change was great. Yeah. Quick Change. If I found out going to the game, dude, Quick Change is at halftime. What? How do they change that fast? Both of them? <laughs> it's incredible. Or like Frisbee dogs or like a guy that does like cool hula hoop tricks or whatever. I'm watching. Yeah. You know, that's right yeah. up my alley. Or, or those, uh, the the small little uh, Asian gymnasts who go on the super tall uh, unicycle and they can kick the bowls oh. onto their head oh boy. and stack the bowls <laughs> with just their it's feet impressive. while they're on the unicycle. Yeah, I can't. I, I've already had enough Asian talk in my life in the show. I cannot. So, so <laughs> when before halftime, I see, <laughs> I see the dude and he's like this like kind of sweaty guy that he looks a little sketchy, but I mean, he's, he's, somehow booked an NBA halftime. So he has to be have some somewhat reputable and he's standing there with a kangaroo like on a leash. Or I think at first he was like in a caged box. Remember that? And they wheeled him out there. Yeah. And I was super excited. Yeah. I was thinking this is gonna be awesome, man. This They're gonna Jesse's box a wheelhouse. kangaroo. Yeah, this is this is right in his wheelhouse. It got it got real weird and I'm very uncomfortable very fast when they take this poor kangaroo out of the box and the guy's like urging him to box a mascot and the mascot's in a padded costume it's not even fair yeah yeah it's it was awful. bad why, why is it that I imagine this guy driving cross country in a pickup truck with the kangaroo and like starting bar fights like Clint Eastwood and the ape in uh, any which way but loose. Right. <laughs> and, wow. and this scenario is the kangaroo in the bed of the truck in a cage, or is he in the No, he's in shotgun? the passenger seat hanging his arm out the window. <laughs> no, they're they're best friends. It's like a cigarette? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, the kangaroo definitely smokes. <laughs> the kangaroo like wears the boxing gloves like tied around his neck and he's got yeah. a cigarette. Yeah. And and yeah, definitely smokes. If his if his wet hacking cough during that boxing match was any indication, yeah. So then, so he comes out that and then it like no fight instigated, right? It was like it was just yeah. awkward and tense, and everybody's just yeah, sad. Yeah, I mean, they and, were like kind of playfully, sort of like, but I, I just the magic it, issued an apology. But the was next there day. a point where stuff hits a kangaroo? And just knocks it out cold. Well, but just even, I mean, did he ever hit the kangaroo? Out of, no, he didn't. Out of nowhere, Chad Michael Snavely walked right onto the court. Classic Chad. Clocked both of them and stormed off. Oh, that guy's the worst. <laughs> you knew he would. He does not suffer fools, that guy. I do not like it when the little kids play basketball, though. Why? Because it's boring. They're terrible at basketball. 
<laughs> they're nice kids, but they're not good. What happens but when your kids yell play at. basketball? Yeah, then, somebody yell at. Yeah, but then I'll like it. But when then, the kids are on the court, they're not people anymore. Right. You can yell at them. <laughs> yeah, that nine-year-old kid, yeah. you can give that kid a real shellacking. That kid's as good as a kangaroo at that point. I was up on high, doling out life lessons. Up on high. He's going to remember for the rest of his life yeah. at basketball games, you yell at the game, not at people. Or kangaroos. Yeah, the, the parents immediately turned around and said, "Thank you, sir. Our child is objectively terrible." Well, <laughs> we had a feeling. I mean, truth be told, the there. parents were back getting snacks, and it was just the boy and his brother oh, oh, there. So. That's a, that's <laughs> ideal scenario. Yeah. Well, because really his parents glad. weren't there, he's I, talking disrespectfully to other adults. No, you know? I, I understand. Now that's a funny thing. Can you discipline? Will you discipline another kid? Absolutely not. No way. Yeah, yeah I didn't I discipline him. I just no, I just told you, him to turn around. Right, right. Plus, Plus you're don't not. talk to me. You don't don't know me oh <laughs> you don't know me <laughs> don't make eye contact with me <laughs> we'll be at the game tonight and we will hopefully yell at we're gonna yell at a bunch of children yeah I, i'm yeah i hope they have a halftime show yeah we're children gonna basketball. round up the kids and just let cameron and i just kind of pace around and berate them <laughs> I, yeah ideally there are numerous children and kangaroos there for you just to yeah. unleash on yeah totes yeah it's like they, they have promotional nights at the ballpark. Like, kids run the bases and are loudly berated by a complete stranger. And you can bring your dog. So much fun. <laughs> All right, Set for Entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, April 21st. Alabama Shakes is coming out with Sound and Color. What I've heard of this is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. My so goodness. I just saw them play here in Sydney, and wow, what a show. Dustin Kinsrew is uh, coming out with Carry the Fire, a solo project. Fun. He did he did a few uh, worship albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's the lead singer of Thrice, and uh, he's coming out with a solo project. Cool. Uh, Great Lake Swimmers is coming out with a forest of arms. That would be terrifying. But indeed. Uh, either kind. Well, yeah, well, we yeah. saw Wizard of Oz. There was a forest of arms, <laughs> and it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. Mavis Staples is still making music with wow. your Good Fortune EP. This is about the 93rd album wow. from Mavis Staples. Love her. And uh, Passion Pits coming out with Kindred. Love me some Passion Pit. Yeah, movie, good, good lineup. Yeah, movie releases coming out on Friday, April 24th. The Water Diviner. Russell Crowe is in it. Oh, Say That's, the title. Adam, you know him, don't the you? The Water Diviner. Oh, yeah. I assume it, it takes place in the Outback. Yeah. It's, it, it is. It's an Australian movie. It came out here like last year, and uh, it looks it looks very sincere. <laughs> what do you mean? What yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what it's that a, means. It's a, it's it, it's one of those like kind of weepy tragic war stories that just did not hold my interest at all. Oh, it's yeah. actually an Australian remake of The Water Boy, the Adam Sandler. <laughs> the water. Did, did you guys it hear the Russell Crowe story that was floating around? Uh, he did like a, a magazine profile. Uh, I think it was in like it was it was a big magazine. And he talked about something that used to infuriate him. Somehow it came up that randomly. Oh yeah, I read this. Michael ja- <laughs> Michael Jackson found out what name he would stay under at his hotel and would call him at all hours of the day and prank call him. Michael Jackson <laughs> yeah. prank called and, Russell Crowe, and, and Russell Crowe said that the two of them had never met, <laughs> never met each other. But wow. he said, without fail, every hotel he stayed in, Michael Jackson would prank call him. Why would I, he even pick up the phone? I've, when I stay at a hotel, is, if the phone rings, I let it ring. I don't know you. I don't. Nobody knows I'm here. You shouldn't be calling me. I do what I want. That is he, crazy. And, and he said he said that it would like it, he didn't think it was funny at all. Like it would infuriate. How him. would you not think that's funny? 
Well, because he said it was the same prank every time. He said he said he would get a phone call, and it was clearly Michael Jackson trying not to giggle. And it, he would say, "Is Mr. Wall there? Is Mrs. Wall there? Are there any walls there? Then what's holding up the roof?" No, it's great. And then just start dying laughing and hang up. And no. they said, like when Russell Crowe was talking about this, I think he was swearing in the interview. Like he was like, "Yeah, I he was." was. I, it, Getting, I would just, it would effing infuriate me because every time he would get a phone call from Michael Jackson, <laughs> whom he had never met. That's amazing. Wow. It kind of makes me like Michael Jackson a little bit more. You know, funny, yeah. he shared this anecdote. He didn't make up for everything, but, he, you know, it's still pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> he shared this anecdote at Michael Jackson's funeral. It was very touching. Yeah. Was, <laughs> except he was still mad. He was really him. mad, and he went over there and poked the casket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's holding up the wall now? <laughs> I just love thinking of like Michael Jackson at his Neverland Ranch. Yeah. Like just like milling around and just thinking, I wonder if Russell Crowe's checked into his hotel yet. At, at yeah. his Neverland Ranch, he's doling out life lessons to little children. Yeah. He's got, he's got, he, he puts on speakerphone. He has checkers or whatever his monkey's name is there. And they're like, all right, it's time to call Russell Crowe. Hey, that monkey lives in South Florida now. That's a true story. Uh, uh, what was it? Bubbles, the monkey, oh. is is currently alive and well in South Florida. Is the there a refuge, monkey. or does he have a, like a home? Yeah, there's a, there's a refuge because Bubbles got too big, and chimpanzees when they get too big, you can't you can't have them anymore. And so when he got too big, Michael Jackson got rid of him, and so he can visit him in South Florida now. Just your well, little he, he, he can't. He, he can't owns a condo. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He just moved into a retirement community. <laughs> right, it's just amazing. He's got a golf cart. He goes up to the convenience store. Them. It's a good setup right. for him down there. He lives with Russell Crowe. He sent it as his final <laughs> act. He FedExed Bubbles to Russell Crowe. He sent a live chimpanzee to Russell Crowe's hotel room. <laughs> with the note, do I not, the last laugh. With the note, do I not amuse you? <laughs> also coming out, Little Boy uh, with Emily Watson, Kevin James. Hey, that was ironic. Tim Wilkinson. Um, yeah, it's all about learning lessons and coming of age at basketball games. Uh, the Age of Adeline, Blake Lively and Harrison Ford. Oh, he's making movies again. That's nice. Uh, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. Setting up the sun Always swore we're friends forever So before you run and hide Tell me Are you gonna take my side? You're listening to Will Butler. The song is "Take My Side" from the album Policy. At the begin, at the uh, beginning of the podcast, you heard Ivan and Alyosha with all this wandering around from their new album. It's all just pretend. Uh, they are featured in the next issue of Relevant, which uh, we just got advanced copies of, and we'll be shipping soon yeah, I saw to it. subscribers. It looks really cool. It's beautiful. It's a great band, and it's a fantastic album. Uh, we've heard it. Yeah. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? Uh, well, there is a, a a very inventive and ambitious young man named Tom Malone who wants to set a Guinness World Record, and I love Guinness World Records. I think the 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 book and the record keeping is a treasure to humanity. Like 
I don't know anyone who hasn't thumbed through a Guinness World the Record Records book and has been filled with delight immediately after. I, I love those books it, so much. It, it documents what is the best of human nature. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> they should just Precisely. shoot one up in space. Yeah. And hopefully that's what the aliens find. Right. Uh, if they did, they would never dare invader. Yeah, they wouldn't be so intimidated by our, our, our wherewithal and our abilities. Look at how long yeah, they our can... ability to grow fingernails. Yeah, look how fat those guys are on a bicycle. Did you know one of those guys on the motorcycles? <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at this. You know what? The, you know on the last page of the Guinness Book of World Records for like ten years. Yeah, the enormous guys on the motorcycles. It was two twins, and they were like the largest twins in the world. But they also happened to ride motorcycles together. <laughs> I can't. I can't say this without sounding like a jerk. Do you know how? Do you know? Do you know one of them died? A motorcycle accident. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a break like this. That's really sad. There's sorry. no good way for this. How did how did one of them die? Just to be respectful right I'm now. I'm sorry to a guy who died. <laughs> I've never seen him lose it like this. He tried he tried to jump over Niagara. <laughs> <laughs> No, he didn't. There's no way that's true. I'm sorry that I, I, I just, I cannot believe that no that story way. is true because I, I don't believe it's true because I want it to be true so bad. No, it's basically way. committing suicide. What is wrong with your heart, Jesse? I'm sorry. I need to happen to you. I don't know why this struck me as so terrible. That man had a family and a dream. <laughs> Dream to get over. I'm literally fine. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, we let me, Adam. Can you Google that while I'm while I'm talking to him and confirm that's true? <laughs> sure. Yep. I'm just gonna break it. my heart if it's not. I mean, he went down in a blaze of glory. Oh lord. I don't know. I've never broken down like that. No, laughing. you've never. <laughs> the other twin, though. Wait, was that the slice? Was that? No, no, oh, no, okay. no. Oh, this is about a Guinness World Record. <laughs> okay, all right. I feel terrible for laughing that hard at that. I wish I didn't bring it up, but <laughs> wait, I did. it is really? really, it is really bizarre that in ten years of doing this, that is the one thing. That <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. That oh my what goodness gracious, it is one hundred percent true. No! No! Oh, no! Wow. Hey. The fat motorcycle twins died because he was trying to jump on a motorcycle over Niagara Falls. <laughs> yes. Of all the people, of I mean, like of all the people, not to try that. I mean, wouldn't a college professor like physics would say Any this measure is not of physics not possible? Wow, was he still like a big fellow when he tried to jump? <laughs> I have to think so. <laughs> or else it's not notable. It's just an average right. sized man. It's the guy that used to be one of the fattest <laughs> twins jumping over Niagara Falls. He held a record for how large he was and rode a motorcycle. Right. Wow. Like right. like a notable record. Like everyone knew who he was. You would think that would be enough. You would not think he would you have to jump over need a gigantic waterfall. Or you could just jump over anything. And it would be impressive. Yeah. Just to jump. Yeah, just getting that motorcycle airborne, even for a moment, right. is impressive. It's impressive. <laughs> both hey, he's the, the biggest guy who's ever just jumped a motorcycle. That's yeah. it. Borrowing my eighth grade Enough. skateboard ramp yeah. and just jumping it in the street would have been like, yeah. we, it would have been worth wow. television coverage. Wow. I, that's amazing. You right. don't need to go for a waterfall, buddy. Oh, yeah. The waterfall. Especially Niagara Falls. Yeah. We're a little bit smarter now, aren't we? 
Yeah, so the more you know. Um, <laughs> so anyway, all that to say, the Guinness World Book of World Records is awesome. Uh, and a guy named Tom Malone wants to enter in the, the, the heralded archives himself by creating the world's largest mosaic photo. Mm. And he's going to do it of Nicolas Cage's face. <laughs> oh, what a great, great decision. Where, how big is this thing going to be? 21, almost 22,000 square meters. Oh, my God. What is that? I can't even picture what that is. How, how big hey, that is. Hey, convert that for us, Adam. Do you know how to do meters? How, how many square meters? 22,000. Oh, I meant in your head. I hear you typing. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's got to be like a football field, right? I think it's going to be bigger. I'm not going to try oh, to do math right be, now. It, it'd be way bigger. Yeah, because a football field is, so let's is go 100 to acres. meters long. Yeah, let's go to acres. Yeah, because I can see okay, an acre. It would be 236,000 square feet. So how many acres, um, though? In, in acres, let's see. Can that be right? Yeah, give it to me. I mean, it's got to be eighty-nine million. No, no you no, went the wrong no, way with the I decimal. Think that's America. That's, that's I don't think that twenty-one thousand uh, square meters is not eighty-nine million acres. Yeah, I was gonna say there's no way that's right. But but when you think about it, like I said, okay, a football it's, it's field. It's, it's I overshot it by a little bit. It's yeah. five and a half. Hey, that's, also that's impressive. Still, that's really big. It was, I was close. I was close on the it's first. Not, one. It's close. It's not quite twenty-one million, but it's yeah. still that's really uh, impressive. Go, go, look, going by prices, right rules. Right. I, I would I would have lost yeah, because I went definitely. to. But, but and I guessed one acre, so yeah. I win. But we're really just splitting hairs here. I was pretty close with the eighty-nine million. So he's gonna. Yeah, I went eighty-nine million in one acre. So what is he gonna do? Like print it like a big mosaic. Yeah. So, so basically, it, this, is, this isn't like a, a cheap undertaking. Uh, he originally put it on Kickstarter just as a joke among friends, but it quickly raised more than $20,000 in pledges. So he's doing it the real deal. He's estimating it's going to cost around $50,000 to get all the pictures printed and to actually do this thing. Um, but he's written up a com- pretty compelling write-up on Kickstarter. Imagine a, world of, imagine a world of peace created by a giant mosaic of Nicolas Cage's face. That's the world I want to live in. He also goes on to say... Is, and I, is he going to do this installation in the Middle East? I mean, like, how is he going to achieve peace by it? Good question. I, I, think, I think when other people see this is what our humankind is, is capable of... Like the aliens who got yeah. the Book I, of World Records. Yeah, it'll put things into perspective for all of us. I hope Google Maps has the wherewithal to take a picture. Oh, yeah. Because you could totally see that from space. He actually brings up that point. He says, if aliens were ever to come to Earth, they would want to know who our ambassador is. How, how best to show aliens that we want peace, but not, uh, not only we want peace, but also not to mess with us with a giant mosaic made up of millions of faces to create one giant Nicolas Cage face. Exactly. Okay, is it going to be the crazy-eyed Nicolas Cage face from that movie Vampire's Kiss? Because it has to be. Like, that's, that's, that's the one you have to go with. It's hard to know which I want Nicolas the wind-blowing face. Yeah, that's a nice one. That's you a, want an animated GIF face. No, yeah, I just freeze one of the frames. I'm just saying that moment of the sun on his cheeks, the wind in his hair, and the mullet flapping in the wind. From the film mm-hmm. Con so You're going Air. Con Air, Yeah, Yeah, that might be nice. It's hard to know which Nicolas Cage was the best. I know which one was the worst. What? Left Behind. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> kidding. Yeah. Well, I, I think worst is, a, <laughs> is an interesting term to use there. <laughs> All right. 
Well, there you go. World peace. That's it. I, I apologize for breaking there, guys, and and especially in light of a man's death. But I was I can't more. Ha- I can't I was, help but he knew the risk. I was confused <laughs> watching him break like that. I've never seen it in ten years. Well, all it took was one gigantically overweight man's death <laughs> to like, like a hundred years like ago. A guy of diabetes here, Eddie. Yeah, it's like fifty years <laughs> ago. Like making light of right. like. It's like being punched by a kangaroo. It's like you kind of were asking for it. You got yourself into this. You're jumping over Niagara Falls. Somehow that <laughs> all made motorcycle. sense to me. Yeah. It was on his it's bucket hilarious. list. It was on his bucket list. All right. What do you have, Adam? Okay. Look, so take this with a grain of salt. Okay. I think we have to take all news like this with a grain of salt. But there's a new report out of South Korea uh, claiming that there's a uh, teacher's manual being given to North Korean school teachers uh, with some interesting information about our. The, the world's favorite dictator, Kim Jong-un, oh. right? Uh, now, this new teacher's manual uh, instructs teachers to, uh, to teach their students that uh, when Kim Jong-un was nine years old, that he beat the CEO of a yacht company in a yacht race, right? The visiting CEO of a yacht company. And that when he was three year old, years old, he learned to drive a race car. Oh, yeah, so kind of following in his father's footsteps. If you'll remember, his father yeah. um, shot a perfect round shot, of golf. I, I think he shot, it was 11 holes in one the first time he played golf, and then yeah. he never played golf again. Because yeah, why the would only he? time he ever played golf was almost entirely holes in one. Yeah, he was a very good golfer. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but look, I think you have to take this stuff with a grain of salt because uh, obviously the you know, uh, people want to make – Kim Jong-un look as insane as possible. So there's, you know, always bizarre claims circulating about what, you know, the mythical powers that they ascribe to him. But if this is true, um, then, hey, I guess... (laughs) Don't get in a race with Kim Jong Un. Sorry. sorry. Yeah, it, it's the thing is like first of all, I get I, it if they're trying to like intimidate their citizens. It's early there. Just yeah, yeah. No, 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 yeah, yeah. look. Sorry. Just uh, no. You didn't do uh, a, you didn't do anything wrong. I just felt like uh, there was more of an ellipse than a period at the end of your sentence, and I didn't know whether to hop in. <laughs> but I, but Jesse and I have things to say. It was it was an ellipse. It was like a. a like a 12 period ellipse. <laughs> right. I was just going to say, I get it if it was like one of those things where they want to tell their citizenry things to intimidate them. And because, you know, it's a horrible regime and dictatorship and they want to, you know, psychologically have some sort of power over them. But it's a weird thing to say that he's good at racing. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to mess with this guy. He's a good racer. What it's trying to kind of nip in the bud is the growing trend of people challenging him to races. (laughs) To yacht races, nonetheless. Well, I believe all of it, and I'm sure that he did those things. Because if they say it's true, I'm sure it must it's be true. true. So why right. would we question that? Absolutely. What what reason would they have to lie? Right. Yeah. Our great leader. We don't need to see the fat man ride the motorcycle over Niagara Falls. We can just believe him when he tells us he did it. Yeah, and we trust that he did. <laughs> Wikipedia can. says he did. <laughs> there you go. Wikipedia. All right. What do you have, Eddie? Well, uh, by no coincidence, we have two Nick Cage stories oh. today. Um, and this is not so much a slice as much as it is a call to action for us in oh. this room and oh. to everyone listening because we've got a new mission. Uh, left behind... Uh, well, there have been many left behinds, but the most recent Nicolas Cage, which just go back and listen to the last six months of shows. We've talked about it 
pretty consistently uh, on how terrible this movie was. Um, it did not do well. It cost, uh, it was a $16 million budget, which I don't really understand movies, but I kind of feel like if I had $16 million and a, a handy cam, I could have done something a little bit better. But it was a $16 million budget to make <laughs> this movie. It earned $14 million domestically and 5.6 internationally. No. Uh, so they lost money. It, they did not do well. Well, I guess that's more than 16. Well, we don't know what their cut was and marketing yeah. expenses, things but, like that. Um, it did not do well, but that has not stopped producer Paul Lalonde from insisting that the world needs Left Behind 2. Again, so, left because we already have a Left Behind 2, no, no, so yeah. we need Left they, Behind 2 again. Yeah, so yeah, it's like the Batman reboot. It's so like everyone so wait, has wait, its own. So are you saying a sequel or a reboot? I am saying a sequel. I'm saying... No, you a reboot of the sequel. I don't. Oh, I gotcha. I'm saying that they need to pick up. They're gonna try to pick up where the yeah. last movie left off. Yeah. Well, clearly it was like dot 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 to be continued. Totally. At the end and if you've movie. read the books, like there are gigantic characters and you arcs. Have? I haven't read them all. Really? Yeah. Are they good? Uh, they're like page turning. Really? If they're good, like it takes like 20 minutes to read them. They're like really easy reads, but they like have like interesting characters that are gonna come in later in the story. That's when I was surprised when the movie ended. I was like, it just started. Like the whole, like basically the first part of the first book is the whole first movie. So mm. they are on a trajectory to make, I mean, they could make 50 more movies at this pace. Which is crazy that then they chose to like go back and start over. I mean, you think crazy. they could have picked just up and done number four, number five? Right, right, right. So they well, started all over. Yeah. Well, well, the first movie is essentially real time. I mean, two hours on screen is like two hours. <laughs> yeah, because that lunch at the airport was literally twenty minutes long. Well, yeah, and there were buses in still the lunch crashing. scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think two hours of screen time. It kind of works the opposite way of real time movies. Two hours of screen time equals two days of your actual life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it felt like it. It seems, yeah, it was yeah, an yeah. It sure did feel like it. Um, so, Paul Lalonde is insisting it needs to come back. He says, because as Christians, we all know how difficult it can be sharing your faith, he said. How are we supposed to reach those people who don't even want to hear what we have to say? Well, one of the way, best ways I've found is through movies. And so... Because of the $16 million, $6 of that $16 million was sold to a non-Christian. And, and praise him. <laughs> Who accidentally wandered into the wrong theater. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, what, of course, have they started? No, it was actually a child that went up to the ticket booth and like was lost from its parents. Yeah. And was trying to tell the ticket person that yeah. I've been left behind. Yeah, where are we going? And the person gave him a ticket for left behind. Yeah, go and on he had in. to pay for it. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> and They're so, like, therefore... Please, please. They lo- yeah, so therefore they sold a ticket to, to a, to a yeah. non-Christian. Watch yeah. the plane crash and the strange yeah. sexual tension and, behind a dad yeah. and his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, and, weird. And that child has now devoted himself to the teachings of Richard Dawkins. <laughs> that child was at the Bulls game the other night and uh, has yeah, quite a mouth on say. him. So, but listen, yeah. listen, listen, listen. This is really, really. He was important. like, he was like, hey, there's a guy in Orlando Magic uh, uh, paraphernalia trying to uh, chase me. I've been left behind. Tell me where to go. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I. Continue. It's late late in Virginia. I'm still frazzled after the twin thing. So, Jesse. So, Jesse. Okay. Okay, listen. So, he has taken to Indiegogo to raise money for a new movie. He is trying to get 500000 to finance the film, 
which I can only imagine. I mean, does he only need five hundred thousand? And then, like, he's got ten million himself. That's, that's what I. Did. It doesn't say in the article. I'm like, if they're going from sixteen million to five hundred thousand, they are changing this franchise. Yeah, However, no, he's he's like, yeah, I've got you know, I've got sixteen million. I'm just a little light so on let, the last five hundred. Can you pick up the tip? But listen, yeah. I have the most important thing maybe in our show's history to tell you. 130 people have contributed in the first three days, giving nearly forty thousand dollars. For seven thousand dollars, you get to be you get a speaking role in the next Left Behind movie. For five thousand dollars, you can appear as an extra, or uh, in um, in the movie. And for twenty five hundred dollars, you can. Uh, oh no no! For five thousand, you can name a character in the movie. So. So different from the book. Yeah, so relevant podcast Jones just ran through <laughs> the screen, right? For 2500 I want one named Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and so and then for 2500 uh, you can be a background character. So for 7500 speaking role, 5000 name a character, 2500 you get a background uh, part in the next movie. I don't know if there's anything more important that we could do with our money than get in this movie. Well, here's what I'll do. I'll go on to Kickstarter, look, have a campaign to raise seven thousand dollars, so you can go and have a role on the new Left Behind. And you know, and it doesn't have to be someone here, but someone in this listening audience needs to be in the next Left Behind. Needs to name a character. I mean, we. This is just an opportunity for us to really share our faith. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Um, but I, think, I think this is a next step for us as a podcast. So I just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention. Um, and I, I'm, I that's mean, amazing. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready for this. I, w- I wish you were ready. I wish I was too. Do, do you get to? Do you get any say in what the line is? Do you get to choose it? It doesn't say that. I would assume that with a five hundred thousand dollar budget, you're going to need to come with your own lines because they do not. This is all improv. <laughs> <laughs> What's with the plane crashing? I don't know. It's, it's like Nuts. it's like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. They just it give is. you an outline and say just riff. Yeah, you just walk in. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty nice plane. <laughs> I like the idea of coming with a line that makes no sense in any context. But that, you just jump out from somewhere and yell something like, you know, if you want to catch an eel, you're going to get your feet wet. Adam, if you watched the, the Left Behind movie that we watched, yeah, you, that was pretty much it. It was pretty much it. it. That was the caliber of the script writing. <laughs> None of it really... So it fit right in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you could say anything. And it would just be like, yeah, this is exactly what I expected. Yeah. Part two. Perfect. So uh, that's my slice and more of my PSA and my time of awareness for us on the show. I'm... Yeah, I do think some somehow somebody from this audience needs to work their way into that film. That, yeah, yeah, that has to happen. Yeah, yeah, because I'm and, not necessarily and if promoting. Possible ruin it. Yeah, I'm not. Necessarily... I don't know. If that's possible, Adam. <laughs> I think you have this uh, this film franchise in much higher esteem than, than it deserves. <laughs> yeah, when you say ruin it, you're acting as if there's something to ruin, but as it hasn't already been ruined. Yeah, by by their first okay, efforts. Ruin, it, yeah. ruin Tw- it, or I don't know. Yeah, twenty seven days left. Oh. Uh, Clock is ticking. Twenty five bucks for a digital download, all the way up to, uh, I mean, three hundred and fifty for deluxe early screening tickets. That seems like something that's just an investment from us. Three hundred and fifty dollars, um, so you can see it. I mean, like, just wait till it comes out and see oh it. Oh my gosh! For seven hundred and fifty, three hundred and fifty dollars to have to see it before anyone else. <laughs> oh my gosh! For seven hundred and fifty. Your photo will be included on a wall in the background of the film as one of the raptured missing persons. Mm. We'll send you high quality. How amazing is that? So you could be one of the raptured for 500. Could I be one of the people who went to hell? I 
I think you probably, I mean, from what I know, seems like that might happen. (laughs) (laughs) There's just a scene of Adam being swallowed into hell. For 3,000, two people get to be an extra. For 3,000, you can get an associate producer credit. So... So for for seven hundred fifty, you could have your photo on 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 the wall of Rapture people, or you could have your photo included in the world's largest mosaic. Yeah, of Nicolas Cage's face. Yeah, I feel like we know what to do with our giving now. It's just where are you called to give at this point? Yeah, so, which Nicolas Cage project? Yeah. 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 So, well, you take your next right step, and uh, you. Sli- I love that you slip into your uh, pastor <laughs> end of service mode. You know why we give. <laughs> for Nicholas Cage. Give for Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Right. Give generous. All right, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Sandra McCracken. Listening to Pacific Gold, the song is A Day Is Coming from the new album, Sing My Welcome Home. Well, this week's uh, feature interview is brought to you by Squarespace, the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. Uh, I I use Squarespace. Uh, Relevantmediagroup.com is built on Squarespace. I did it because I was bored one weekend, and literally two hours later, there's a website. So it's simple and easy, and amateurs can look like pros. It's only 8 bucks a month, and you get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. All their templates are responsive design. They have commerce. They have cover pages. It's, it's really great. Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the Relevant Podcast. We thank Squarespace for their support of our show. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Sandra McCracken is a singer, songwriter, and producer from Nashville, Tennessee. Over the course of eight critically acclaimed studio albums, Sandra has developed a body of work that encompasses uh, hook-driven melodic pop, no-depression-style Americana, contemporary recastings of classic hymns, and even children's music as part of the Nashville alt-folk supergroup Rain for Roots. Her music's been featured on Grey's Anatomy, and her 2013 solo record, Desire Like Dynamite, charted as one of Billboard's top 50 heat seekers. Sandra's touring this spring with All Sons and Daughters in support of her new album, Psalms, which was released over Easter weekend, and it's streaming right now on The Drop at relevantmagazine.com. Our very own Tyler Huckabee recently spoke to her. Here is Sandra McCracken.
do you ever feel like you're you're like dealing with somebody else's like you know my grandma sung those to me and then her grandma probably sung them to her like there's a lot of tradition involved do you ever worry about uh like like staying true to some people's very very cherished memories of though while you, of those while you're uh, updating them yeah i think it's really important to be attentive to that and um you know, I, I think that's one aspect that I don't have to think hard about. I'm naturally pretty, um, you know, like whether it's codependence or um, just a listener to people and their experiences. I've, I've had a number of times where I've been called to come in, somebody will call me to come in and lead hymns for a group of people and they're from, you know, from... Um, either it's a retreat or something like that and you're like wow okay so you've got a, you know 25 year olds and then you've got a few women that are 80 years old and you've got everything in between and what they're going to like and remember and enjoy is just so varied um, yeah. and I really enjoy the challenge of that because I do feel like um, I feel like there is a middle space that invites kind of both ends of the spectrum or a wide spectrum of people and experiences with hymns I mean, everybody's going to have baggage or things that they love or sometimes really hate having an aversion to certain hymns because of attachments, you know, negative oh, attachments. Yeah. But those can be reformed. And I've seen that happen um, just by singing them together. And sometimes the guitar arrangement is really disarming because maybe you heard <laughs> it as an organ or just in a religious setting at church. And so just kind of playing with arrangement and... Um, and then trying to uh, accommodate a wide range of people, you know, it's something I like doing. What are some of the and, and I want to be careful here because because I'm sure you have a lot of friends who who work in the in the praise and worship industry and, and so do I. Mm-hmm. But what do you think is the is the difference between some of those hymns that you're talking about reinterpreting and some of the modern choruses or or where can some of those hymns go that maybe some of our modern iterations of praise music don't or can't? I, I think there are cultural blind spots. So if you write a song um, in 2015 that describes your feelings and and you bring that into a church context so you're describing your your religious feelings or that kind of thing they're just going to naturally be there are going to be characteristics that ha- that say okay this is the year we're in this is when this was written so mm-hmm. i think in in modern music there is um the work would be about asking what those blind spots are respective to to the praise and worship songs yeah they can be Limited. I feel like they're highly individualistic and emotional, you know, emotionally based. Whereas the older hymns, they're emotional, but they take you through a range of emotions. So if it has five verses, even some from um, 
the earliest early 20th century those are highly emotional hymns but they take you a little on a wider spectrum of emotion through the course of the hymn so one verse will be about doubt one is about like maybe an external storm that is you know like it, it kind of take you through a journey somewhere and Whereas a lot of the contemporary ones, just as as a characteristic, they just tend to stay in one moment and just keep talking about that one moment. And so if you're not in that moment when you're singing the song, it's, it's hard to find your way in. So I think some of it is just that the older hymns have been tested. They um, Ideally, if you write a new one, a new song of any kind, um, you could zoom out enough to try to address more of the... 200 or 500 year questions and that is when the human experience becomes um, you have that universal quality where you could be in Europe in the 1900s you know living <laughs> in, in the middle of England in the country and John Newton writes a hymn that's still resonating today in all over the world or in China or you know in a full tune um, setting so I think uh, it's challenging work, honestly. It's really challenging. When you're writing stuff like this, do you ever worry about going to a place that's a little too, a little too dark or a little too depressing that that would al- actually alienate some people in the the community of fans you've built up? There's quite a precedent in in the history of the church and in the Psalms themselves for going to the dark place. You know, like really going all the way there. And I think, in a sense, like as a you know. It, having a I think I'm having conversations with God these days that are a lot darker than I would have ever really thought where there's not necessarily the resolve or the and then there's not any pretense at that place and I think that's actually really healthy and it was hard for me to go there maybe but I feel like it's a it's a really authentic place to go and that again the Psalms you know having these moments of they almost sound kind of, uh, there's one of the songs on the record that's, the song's called My Help My God, and it goes from, so the the refrain on the song is like, put your trust in God, but then there are parts of the verses that it's like, how long and why have you forgotten me? borrowing these kind of words with the wide swing um, and even just performing the song that was one of the first ones we recorded and um, it felt um, I felt really raw and by the end of the vocal I mean you hear these are live performances so by the end of the performance I was like my voice was kind of breaking up because it was really hard to sing it like my help my god because I feel like there's so much there are a lot of question marks even in these so to make a declaration of faith, I'm also making a declaration of where are you? And I don't understand what this means, you know, and being able to say and ask both things 
um, feels really important um, to any conversation about faith or belief. Because if you don't really ask the questions, um, I don't think there can be real intimacy. You know, it'd be like having a friendship and not ever really bringing anything up that matters and just talking about the weather. Rising to horizon, creation to creation sings you. That was Sandra McCracken. Make sure to check out her new album, Psalms, at sandramccracken.com. You're listening to our, our last guest, Sandra McCracken. The song is All Ye Refugees from her new album, Psalms. Tyler Reagan is the director of Catalyst, a church leadership event uh, that's focused on a new generation of church leaders. Since its inception in 1999, more than 100,000 leaders have made the annual trek to Atlanta to participate in the Catalyst Conference experience. And over 3,000 leaders will gather this weekend for the Catalyst West Coast experience in Orange County, California. Our very own Tyler Huckabee recently spoke to him. Here is Tyler Reagan. How, how do you feel like the mission of, because Catalyst has been around for a while now. Do you feel like in, in its time, has its mission changed? Has, has what you want to do or, or what Catalyst as a whole wants to do evolved or had to grow either because of the changing culture or just because your idea of what the church needs has changed? Yeah, no, it, it definitely has had to. And, and this year for us, that's what this event for us was kind of a kickoff into a new season for us. Um, in a few minutes, I'm going to talk about um, this new season because this is our 15th Catalyst Atlanta and we feel like if we just keep doing what we've always done, we're just going to ride this thing in the sunset. But we don't feel like God's done with it yet. So we've spent the last year as a team digging in big time into what God's calling us to do for the next 10 to 15 years. And um, a big part of that really is what we've been talking about, which is um, a refocus on leadership. We don't yeah. want it to be all these other things, but we're going to focus on five things. That's going to be our DNA. It's going to be leadership. It's going to be creativity and leadership. It's going to be unity. Uh, we're going unity. I said that really funny. Uh, <laughs> unity. It's you know. It's going to be. Um, we're going to be about change. That's what a lot of. That's what all of this year is about. Uh, and we're going to be about courage. We want to help leaders be courageous. And so we're going to kind of circle around those things consistently. We're going to try to stay so on mission that when you come to anything we do or you interact with us, um, you know, through the weeks, you're going to know what it's all about. And it gives us a filter to say, no, we're not going to do that. Yes, we are going to do that because it's right on mission. Because uh, there's so many, you, you know, the bigger you get or the more uh, more sustained your success has been, for lack of a better term, uh, the more you realize you can get off mission very easily because a lot of people want your partner. They want you to do these things. And we just have to, we had to get back to a central idea of what is God calling us to for the next season so that we can say yes to the right things and say no to the wrong things. I feel like there's a lot of churches, and, and I'd probably count mine among them, as churches that they want to be leaders in their community, and they and they want to help set the tone for the culture of their neighborhoods or, or their entire towns, but they lack yeah. the practical steps to do it. They're, they're just not sure where to even begin, uh, other than, you know, the occasional food drive or something. Is that something that Catalyst would be able to help them with? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, you know, it's simple. One of our uh, long-term partners is Compassion International. Well, yeah. that's, uh, you know, I got to go on a trip with them this year, and it just it blew my mind how easy it is for me to help uh, a child. You know, uh, we try to partner with some people that really help do those things. One of the things that we realize is we're never going to be experts in all of these things, but we know a lot of really good experts in all these things. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to get them involved. We're going to collaborate. So this year, we had an if gathering lab track. You know, and uh, there was nothing. It wasn't a sponsorship. It wasn't a partnership. It was truly just going. Hey, you're really good at this. When you come and talk to the women that come to Catalyst. Um, and it was awesome. We had a great experience and um, just really been encouraged by the women who are here going, thank you for knowing that we're here and investing in us. Um, so that's a piece of, you know, how uh, practical. And again, back to, I think our one days are very much geared around that idea of how do we give you practical steps to go out and start applying this. Um, one thing we've done this year at Catalyst Atlanta that's different is we've created these times called team collective times. So we've had each communicator give us three or four questions that we're letting them wrestle with before we move on to the next afternoon or the next morning. We want them to go, okay, you've heard Andy Stanley and Christine Kane. We want you to take 30 minutes as your team to go, I want to wrestle with this right now so we can come up with an action step or two that we're going to do in the next 7 to 14 days or whatever. Um, so, you know, if you walk away from a conference and you don't do that, you're really wasting your time because you're just hearing a bunch of content, you had a great experience, and then you move on about your life. Well, we want you to take this content because we feel like it's that valuable and start wrestling with it and, and before you leave, you know, and before you hear seven more talks, then you forget what was so powerful about the morning. So um, that's where we're trying to help equip leaders and really make them um, have some action, you know, that comes from this. What would you say to, uh, this is something that we've been thinking about even at Relevant a little bit. Because uh, yeah. we're all leaders are really important to us, but what do you, what do, you, do you say to the person, to even the, uh, the the Christian who's involved and passionate, but doesn't feel like they're much of a leader, or, or they feel like they're they're introverted, or, or they just maybe even lack sure. the knowledge of what they want to do or how they want to help? I feel like there's a tendency for the church to forget them. I would say yes, I do think there's a tendency for us to quote unquote forget them, but in terms of catalyst, that's very central to who we are passionate about, which is. And we say leaders love the church. Again, we're not talking about just pastors. It's the big seed church. It's it's men and women who are believers who are leading their families well, who are uh, wanting to lead their families better, who are working as a bank teller and wants to be able to lead up well and has a boss. You know, that, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of back to the old John Maxwell thing, which is three sixty degree leader. We want people to learn how to lead their peers, but also lead up and also be led well. So, yeah, I would say it's it's for any of those folks. It's it really is a um, a 50-50 thing for us in terms of marketplace versus pastors. Um, but we really are passionate going. Leadership really is important. That was Tyler Reagan. You can find out more at tylerreagan.com.
You're listening to Lord Huron. The song is The World Ender. Uh, strangely, this song is what was playing at Niagara Falls when uh, a very large stunt was being attempted. It's so funny, isn't it, Jesse? <laughs> oh, ha, 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 Jesse. <laughs> I, I said I felt bad for ma- having that strike me as funny. The man did not live to the stunt. Yeah. I get it. It's sick to laugh. But he shouldn't have attempted it. <laughs> Oh, buddy. Oh. I mean, I, no one should have allowed that to happen. Like, someone okay. someone there built the ramp. Someone said, hosted think- the event. Someone presumably made money by selling tickets to watch this guy attempt. Blood is on their hands, too. I'm not the only bad person for laughing hey, about it 35 years later. Everyone was just probably too embarrassed to say something. But see, that's exactly, <laughs> Jesse, your reaction about this is exactly the reaction I had when I was in the theater watching Left Behind. I thought, how did, there's so many hundreds of people who had a role in this. How did nobody go, hey, this isn't very good, You're and like, like raise their hand? Yes, someone could have stopped this. (laughs) Nobody here has done geometry or physics. If the gaffer just one day said no, they couldn't have shot that scene. Right. He's never... The the ramp has got to be 500 feet long, and he's got to be going 3,000 miles an hour for this to work. We would have to shoot this man out of a perpetual cannon to get him across. Yeah, Yeah. Unless, of course, it turned out that the entire time they were filled with helium. <laughs> what was filled with helium? Oh, the the big guys. The guys. Oh. Well, why wouldn't they float away on their motorcycles? Bingo. Maybe the motorcycles were holding them down. <laughs> motorcycles it, were holding it, them down. Cameron, in your, in your scenario, though, it, it's like the, the, the movie production process takes a long time. You know, right. like scene by scene, no one realizes this isn't going to come out very good. There's a point where the guy is at the top of the ramp. <laughs> Right. And Niagara Falls is rushing below. Yeah, that someone should have said. Someone, someone on the sidelines has to be thinking. Now I'm no physicist. Yeah, but. has some even his wife just say like, "Hey, does anybody does anybody think this is going to work? No, maybe you just don't do this today." But nobody said that, and down he goes. Just seeing all of the, I mean, Jesse and I, Jesse and I went to the Nick Walinda Chicago stunt. Seeing all of the people who had to like vet this and sign off, and they were checking this and tugging on that, and the wife was praying, and (laughs) all the people. (laughs) But I mean, and even perfect example of people being polite to a fault, (laughs) right? Because even as oh, oh, clearly they started on the Canadian side then, because of all the politeness (laughs) up there, right? He's coming down the hill just. Putter, 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 putter. You know, this thing the is Canadians going, are like, I don't know. But that guy's well, going, hey, he, hey, hey, he's going 20 miles an hour and he weighs must, 400 pounds. I don't know if he can do this. Uh, I mean, he must know what he's doing. Wait a second. Wait a second. Oh, no, he's never going to make it. He's trying to jump. He's trying to jump a mile. Why, why is it such a small ramp? He's got such a small ramp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he, well, this, this gentleman's American. He must know what he's hold on, doing. Hold eh? on, hold on, hold on. I don't think you'll, uh-oh. Well, at least oh, he's got, no. at least he's got a brother. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> We're terrible people. This is not going to. I know. End. I know. This was nearly four decades ago, but still, still, <laughs> still feels a little too soon, eh? <laughs> See, this is hey, Canadian, Canadian listeners. This is why Americans aren't polite because you're that, his, the, this man's blood is on y'all's oh, hands. <sighs> Y'all need to stand up for what's right. Right. So if you see one of us again, just about to go over, 
and we're kind of big and we're on a little motorcycle, please yeah. say something. Please say something. It doesn't, his physical size doesn't even have that much to do with it. It <laughs> has everything to do with it. No, but what I'm saying is, even Cameron, <laughs> we're at the Nick Melinda thing. I felt like at some point going up to someone and being like, are we sure this is a good idea? Because I'm watching here at amusement. Right. Right. And I'm not I'm not comfortable with this, guys. Right, right, right. And we thought, man, this guy is, is, I mean, got the best chance of anybody in the world. He's got the best p- team. You know, it's, they've been working on it, preparing. Uh, we didn't. We don't have that confidence with the large man. No, he's motorcycle. got the worst chance of everybody <laughs> yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah, not the best chance. Right. <laughs> it's not a character thing. It's a purely. It's math. It's physics. Yeah. Right. It's just physics of how a <laughs> body. A nice man. I'm sure he's a nice man. The world record. Right. A body in motion Sincere, may not always stay in motion. Sincere, enthusiastic man. Right. <laughs> Well, well, it's time for your feedback. Uh, so here's the weird thing. Last week, on last week's episode, we asked you... This is the you, weird thing? Yeah. <laughs> last week, we asked you what the new uh, Chad Michael Snavely uh, needs to know, what, right. what they need to do, or what they need to know to, to, to kind of, you know, do Chad's job and carry the mantle into the next season. Sure. Um, well, that episode hasn't aired yet as of the time of us recording this. So yeah. you don't know that we asked that question. Like inception. And we, we, yeah. So this week, uh, for, for the only time ever, except at the end of the year episodes where yes. there is no next week, um, we don't have a traditional question of the week. So yeah. we just want you to continue writing in, yeah. uh, telling us what, you know, tips. Like I was doling out tips to the nine-year-olds at the basketball game. Right. So you're going to remember that. We need yeah. tips from you guys yeah. uh, for the, yeah. new, the new producer. Yeah, the number one tip would be please, please stop yelling at us. Yeah, please stop yelling. <laughs> well, maybe after hearing this week's show, yeah. uh, we understand why Chad was the way he was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I would be surprised if the feedback from this episode isn't 100% along the lines of you guys just boxed a kangaroo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just a collective I groan. I feel like we did. Like, oh, why did they talk about that? Why did Jesse just keep laughing? We tried to stop him. And we I didn't couldn't, even... honestly, honestly, I was trying to stop laughing. I know. I, I think it was... I, I'm a sick human being. I think I wanted to bust out my Canadian accent, and so I think I brought it around the bend again, and I, I, I'm going to go down with you, Jesse. I think it was my fault, too. All right. Well, uh, chime in. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You can also uh, uh, join the conversation on in the comments on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Uh, many thanks to Tyler Reagan for talking to us. You can follow him on Twitter at Tyler Reagan, R-E-A-G-I-N. Yes. A little different than the presidential spelling. Good. Good. And thanks to Sandra McCracken. Uh, make sure to check out her new album, Psalms, which is streaming right now on The Drop at relevantmagazine.com. And you can find out more at sandramcracken.com. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, stamps.com. Make sure to go check them out for the special offer. Uh, type in relevant up there mm-hmm. in the microphone. And uh, Squarespace, where you can type in the code relevant to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace. Love it. If you want to see extracts, I, there probably won't be many extracts from this week's show. Probably can't, um, can't be. Yeah, let's just not have any. Yeah, let's make this an extract-free week. The, we had a bunch last week. Yeah. And so maybe just watch those again. Yeah. And uh, next week. I think the, le- the less... 
less video evidence of some of these yeah. conversations yeah. happening. This one even, better for this isn't even going to make it into the archive. We're going to upload it 20 <laughs> minutes and then it's gone forever. So <laughs> if you are the one of the 10 people that heard this, we apologize. We're going to upload this to Snapchat. And after 20 seconds, this episode will go away. <laughs> and also, P.S., before you say it on Twitter, we know all boys, whatever. If the girls had been here, this would have never happened. That is true. Not only am I traveling this week, not only is Eddie traveling this yep. week, Sean is traveling this week. And Joy is ending her sabbatical. We have the light at the end of the tunnel. Tunnel. We got uh, less than two weeks left. Yeah, almost uh, without Joy, and then she'll be with us. Yeah, we're excited about that. So, so we'll all be back. Next week. I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffoltz. I'm John David Snavely. <laughs> yes. I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wise. Just one more. And, and I have no affiliation with Jesse Carey. <laughs> yeah, good to know. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and get bonus material from this episode at the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check out the magazine. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. Adam, can you Google that while I'm talking to confirm that's true? I'm just going to break my heart if it's not. I mean, he went down in a blaze of glory.